Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the venerable Jason Shear. First time we've seen you this week, Jason. How are you doing? Splendid. My air conditioning broke again. Right, I was going to say, you look fairly gloomy in there. Uh, yeah, I'm keeping the uh, the lights, the, the windows closed so I don't get the sun in. Didn't it actually break? Didn't it break a while back as well? Yeah, there's a manufacturer's defect and the tube like disintegrated. So that's good. Speaking of which, I got a brand new uh, I got a brand new uh, fuel uh, pump in my car for a, a defect on the Kia Optima. All the people out there that obviously know that Mike Luke's rolling in big money, that is proof right there, my friend. All right, Sheer, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to talk about Jamari Phillips, you guys being ahead of the curve on there, following my lead. And we're going to talk conference realignment, Zoom Diallo, a ton of different stuff. But first, let's talk a little bit about Jamari Phillips. we got uh, Travis Branham coming on tomorrow. And uh, Jacob Franklin, if we could maybe play a few of those Jamari Phillips highlights, that would be be quite appreciated. Um, So uh, this is a kid now that I think is fair to say that uh, he has the potential to be a top 15 type player or a top 10 player in the country, Jason. Um, I think the thing that, what, that has really impressed scouts uh, this uh, summer, I think including yourself, is the improved athleticism and the fact that he is incredibly well-honed already at scoring at all three levels on the court. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that, you know, that, that makes him so unique is that a lot of times in high school, um, scoring is forced. And for Jamari Phillips, it doesn't seem forced. Like, it comes natural. These moves that he does – are really advanced. There's guys in college that can't get separation off the dribble like he can already in high school. And so when you look at his scoring ability, um, there's not many guys in high school right now that are better. Well, there's not many, if there's not many, if any, to be honest with you. And again, that's the part that I think is very intriguing though, is you look at him, there really isn't now, there's not much, there's not really many weaknesses to his game per se. And the fact is too, you know, if he and if he ends up hitting six four or six five, or uh, like a legit six five, then you really start wondering: could this be a an even shorter stop in Tucson than we thought? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if he's still growing. If he is, and he becomes six five, like you're saying, he's one and done. I mean, I, I'll just say it right now. Right, uh, that would be the expectation if he's still growing. The thing with him is stop growing. Yeah, stop growing. And the thing with him is again, like he's still getting better. Right. Like that's the important thing is that like, you again, I say this all the time. When you look at recruits, you want recruits that are still getting better. Um, and, and he's one of them. And he's one of those. And you got obviously have a really good head on the shoulders. We also got to give a big tip of the cap here to Jack Murphy and Tommy Lloyd, though, as well, because you got to remember at the time he was viewed as more of a top 40 type player. You had UCLA numbskulls pretending that they didn't really want him that. I mean, now at the end of the day, Jason, this could be a top 10 player when it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when I look at our rankings, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. You know, we have them at 17, uh, looking at it now. Jason, I've, exert some of your, Jason, you can exert a little bit of influence here. Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. But, you know, the thing is, like, when you look at the guards, like, he's one of the top guards in the country. Like, Dylan Harper, Ian Jackson, Zoom, Boogie, and then it's him. So he's right. tough. I think he's better. I would take him over Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've you've always been a Zoom denier, though. We'll get to. We're going to get to Zoom. You've never been a big fan of Zoom, Diallo. That's this is correct. 
Uh, I like Zoom. I never said that. UCLA numbskulls are the worst. We are going to talk about some of these UCLA numbskulls. But also, we got to give a big tip of the cap, too, to our guy Jack Murphy as well on this one. Because, again, Murph was uh, Murph was leading this recruitment from day one. I think a lot of times people have wondered, you know, what exactly does each coach do on here? Jack Murphy is definitely a big reason that Jamari Phillips is at Arizona. Uh, yes. I mean, he, he deserves a, a ton of credit, obviously. Um, you know, yeah, we, we've talked about his ability to recruit. He's the number one recruiter on the coaching staff besides Tommy Lloyd. So um, he got the job done with him and Carter. And, and they, you know, Jamari and Carter have had fantastic summers. All right. Now, we got to talk a little bit about Carter Bryant. And then keep in mind, we're going to get to Zoom Diallo here in a little in a, just a minute. But Carter Bryant as well. Um, could he I think that he could maybe move back towards kind of that top five status, because here's the thing. Carter Bryant is one of those uh, truly gifted players that can clearly be as good as he wants to be. However good Carter Bryant wants to be is how good he can be. And there's very few players like that in any recruiting class, Jason. And Carter Bryant is certainly one of those dudes. Yeah, I mean, he has a, he's had an awesome summer. You know, we've gone over like he didn't play well at the UIBL in Phoenix. There's no way to deny it or sugarcoat it. And then he bounces back. He was awesome at Section 7. He was awesome at top 100. He has had a really good summer. Um, the key to me is that, like, when we saw him in Phoenix, he wasn't aggressive at all for whatever reason. I don't know if he was sick, whatever. Um, but, you know, since he he changed high schools and we've seen him, he's super aggressive. He was the number one option on Corona Centennial, which is a really talented team. Uh, top 100, he played really well. This is a guy where it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we wound up moving him back up in the, in the final rankings. Well, because the whole thing with him, too, has always been just being able just, you know, playing hard, really exerting himself out there because he's so talented that when he just kind of fits in, when he just kind of blends in, he's doing himself a disservice right there. And you look again, I think the thing that really impressed a lot of people is the passing. The yeah, passing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that his his passing is uh, it's crazy. I mean, right. I, I, I had never seen him pass like he did at section seven. He looked like a six, seven point guard. I mean, it, and it was natural and, and whatever it was, um, you know, it, it was effective and his passing was absolutely fantastic. He blocked shots at section seven. He played the passing lanes. That was some of the best basketball that I've, I've seen him play, you know, and we also got to give a big tip of the cap to Shane Diefenbach right there. The whole time we were watching, whether it was Coa Pete or Carter Bryant, you kept saying, dude, is Shane getting anything here? Shane got amazing highlights right there. That's why some of the great people, they work stealth and they work best behind the scenes, Jason. Shane Diefenbach proved that to you. Yeah, I used to remember when I had to be on the sidelines holding a big old camera and it was obvious you were filming everything and Shane looked like he was just chilling and before you knew it, he had all the clips. And plus, Shane is not a a small individual. Shane is like Jacob Franklin in that he's pushing about seven foot two as well. So um, either way, Shane, very good on those highlights. All right. Now, we got to talk a little bit about Zoom Diallo right here. Um, Obviously, he's been in the news here a little bit. Um, Just so people do know, and Kenny, Kenny Abbey, we are going to get to you here in just a minute. But just so the people do know, Zoom Diallo, obviously point guard out of uh, Northwest, Arizona has been recruiting for a long time, but there's also now been a little bit of a, uh, you know, some rumblings about Arizona. I have not heard these rumblings, though. And not only have I not heard the rumblings, if you're recruiting Zoom Diallo and you're accepting that commitment, you're assuming for sure that Kylan Boswell is leaving. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. Uh, You know, I I read what other people read and, 
it, it would it would surprise me. It, it just would. I, I have not heard a lot about it. Tommy Lloyd has not been at his games. He didn't fly to Adidas to see if you're in the lead for a top 10 player. You'd assume Tommy Lloyd would have been at his games. He chose other games instead. Um, could he come to Arizona? I guess. I mean, I don't know if Arizona's out. From what I've heard from a few people, Washington probably leads for Zoom um, because let's just say they're they're backing up the uh, the Briggs truck. He's going to get back, backing up the Briggs truck. Yeah, it's legal now, man. So no. Washington's going to pay the crap out of Zoom Diallo, and the the expectation is that the Huskies probably lead here. I have no problem with it. As a matter of fact, I support doing that. And if you're going to back up the Brinks truck and you have enough money to back up the Brinks truck, let's talk about BetMGM first here. And then we're going to get to Kenny Abbey here. Kenny, you got me in some trouble. I had to smack somebody back. But uh, Sheer knows. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. Again, back the A on this one right here. We both like the over Jason Shear. We have moved the line single-handedly from four and a half to five and a half, and it's only going north. It's not going down, correct? It made me a little uncomfortable when I saw that in Vegas. I don't, I, five and a half, I need it to stop because if it gets like six or whatever, I'm a little iffy. It's All not right, as Either way, back the A, and then I got a funny story, and then we're going to get to some conference realignment talk. But let's hear Shane Diefenbach. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700. Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. All right. Now, got to tell you something right here. Kenny Abbey, you have an open invite to come on to the PHNX Wildcats podcast. As you know, you never got back to me. That is on you, not on me. Funny story, though. I got ripped by somebody in the U of A football department for saying that thinking that Kenny Abbey was an employee of PHNX Sports and um, – trying to uh, finagle an interview. I told this person that uh, Kenny Abbey, while a very esteemed friend, is not a employee of PHNX Sports, and this same person has not apologized to me yet. So, Kenny, either way, back the A. All right, now, let's talk a little bit of realignment here, Jason Shear. All right, Big 12 Media Day is today, and I know it sounded like a broken record. I love Brett Yormark. Brett Yormark goes into every single situation, I feel, feeling like, um, feeling like, you know what? Not only am I going to get something done here, I am also going to troll the Pac-12 and some of the incompetence over there. And he did just that today, Jason Shear. He didn't do it too bad. His deputy commissioner, whose name is Casey right now, went on a rampage. I mean, it was Awesome. He basically, I, I think my favorite quote was in an interview, I don't remember who it was with, he said, all I know is that here at the Big 12, if we had good news, we'd be shouting it from the mountaintops. And if you're not, it usually means there's no good news. <laughs> it was like, like he said that, I don't know if you had heard that. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, it was good. I love that stuff. What I like about Brett Yormark, though, and again, you and I don't think like our good friend, our good friend Mike Lowry, I've been trying to explain this to. We love Mike, but 
the reason that Arizona fans, and it's not just because you and me are pushing people in this direction. Granted, we want to go to the Big 12, but there's also a lot of uh, concern that it won't happen. I, I love how powerful Pac-12 people think me and you are. I, I get it all the time. Like there's a, a, a local writer in the city that said, you know, this probably wouldn't even be happening if it wasn't for you and Sheer. That is nonsense. This, <laughs> we are not that powerful around here. Jacob Franklin might be, but we are not. Um, but here, but here's kind of the thing, though, when it comes to this, is that it's sooner or later, stop talking, do something. We are coming up on Pac-12 Media Day. And we're starting to see a little bit of a fissure between – is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. yeah. All right. We're starting to see a little bit of a uh, parting of the ways perhaps between John Wilner and John Canzano and that John Canzano is still saying, oh, you know what? Everything's great. Pac-12, they know what they're doing. They've got uh, everything. Uh, who cares about a timeline where John Wilner has now reported and said that if there isn't something at least agreed upon by, by Pac-12 Media Day, you start to have real concerns about the viability of the conference. I had a, uh, a major national writer, you know who it is, probably, uh, text yeah. me this morning and said, look, Sheer, I'm sure you know this, but if there's no deal by media day, it's a nightmare. Um, he said that the only way it's not a nightmare is, you know, Apple's still hanging around and Apple could maybe bail them out at a cheaper price. All I know is this, Wilner for a week said if they didn't have a deal by media day, it was a nightmare. He would lower his odds. All bets were off. They're not going to have a deal by right. next Friday. It is not happening. So he, for his dignity, not his dignity, his reputation, whatever, has to stay on that path. Canzano is the, oh, we're in no rush. No big deal. We're confident. Keep in mind, Canzano, the same guy that uh, had a media column, but back in March, Pac-12 pushes back on or punches back on critics as deal as uh, closing in on a deal. Yeah, I retweeted that as deal nears Pac-12 punches back. That was uh, four months ago. Oh, by the way, when a deal happens at this point, if it's any time within like the next month, it's coming as a surprise announcement. Because nobody I've talked to legitimately thinks the deal's right around the corner. It's not. And Kenny Abbey, real quick, this is not on you. This is on the person that emailed me. This was you did nothing. You did nothing wrong at all on this one. Uh, it's the person that emailed me that uh, <laughs> I, I snapped back at. But back to the back to the Big Twelve here or the Pac Twelve. It, it is what it is at this point. You can't just keep saying we well, can't have a statement of unity and it can't be this overarching theme where people keep saying or, you know, what people keep saying, where somebody like Canzano keeps saying, well, you know what? Uh, they know what's going on. They feel very comfortable. You know what else I like, too, was the comment where he uh, was quoting Schultz, obviously, and he said the room has shifted. Well, if the room has shifted, you've been saying for the longest time that a deal's right around the corner. Everybody's on the same page. How has the room shifted if it was so flowery to begin with? How can you say the room shifted and not say what it means? That's like me tweeting something monumental just happened. And then when right. everyone asks me what it is, I just ignore them. Yeah. And you never find out. If the room shifted for a guy like Canzano, who's so anxious to tell everyone how right he is, about a deal being so close, which you said for about a year now, how do you not like say what the shift is? There's no shift. It right. just isn't. And, and if you think a deal is, look, Kenzano clearly thinks the deal's getting done. He would be better off just saying, you know what? 
I think a deal's getting done. I don't know when it is. I don't think in a, there's a rush. But I think eventually it'll get done. We do need to be very clear about this, though, on the show, because we don't we're not just casting aspersions to cast aspersions. We like John Wilner. We like John Wilner on this show. Again, I think that we're a little disappointed in John Wilner. But at the end of the day, I've never once felt that he made anything up. I've never once felt any of that. We like John Wilner on the PAZ Wildcats podcast, as does Jason Shear. Yeah, I mean, there's things I've disagreed with. I, I think, you know, one of the, the flowery things- optimism is obviously the point spread thing where it's like, I'm going to lower it. And then randomly he, he chose different criteria to not lower it. Um, but I think lately he's been realistic and saying, look, if they don't have it by media day, it's a really bad look. I just, you know, I said for the longest time, I can't, I couldn't see how you start a football season with no deal. Cause it's, oh, gonna it's happening. My friend, a lot of it, it's happening. Like at this point, I would be really surprised if they have a deal before football season, which is not a good thing. We're going to get to Crevis the Destroyer here in a minute. The other thing about this is that I want to know, where is the money? Where is the cable entity? that, Or where is the entity at all that's going to come up with anything even close to the $32 million mark? That Keep in mind, we keep hearing they're confident that they will beat. I think their goal is to get within like $28 million because I think if they get to $28 million, they could spit it. I don't see how – with a legitimate linear option, they beat that 32. I think the ideal scenario is that Apple does it, buys them up, lets them sublease a game here and there to a major network on a Thursday night, you know, a Friday night, whatever it may be, and they get to like 28 million. I think they would spin that as a win. They sign a data deal like the Big 12 is going to do here soon with for gambling and all that. They get to 32 million that way, and they and they say, oh, you know what, that's a victory. All right. By the way, Sheer, Tap and Bottle. I am going to be at Tap and Bottle this Saturday, pressing the flesh, hanging out with the people. Scott and Rebecca are having their sixth year anniversary, not for them, but for the Tap and Bottle establishment on the Northwest location. Come hang out with me, Kenny Abbey. That is an invite to you. I know you got a new, or new, new gig, so no pressure there. But love to see you up there. Guess what? Might be drinking a little bit of Four Peaks. I hung out at Tap and Bottle this past weekend as well. So, again, would love to be able to see you up there. Tap and Bottle. All right. Oh, and you know what? Since I just said it, the Four Peaks. We're going to talk about the Four Peaks in a second. And Frank Caliendo, who has given me some inside information that, uh, well, it's not inside information. It's something that everybody knows. But first, Four Peaks, the official brew check of PHNX Sports. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Jacob Franklin. Many people associate Jacob Franklin, the great Jacob Franklin, as one of the four peaks. They are wrong. Just because he is tall enough to be one of the peaks doesn't mean he is. Speaking of the peaks, bigger fish, and then we're going to get to on the court. Do we have any update on Dylan Anderson's bike? I have not heard anything. We have people in the streets. Um, look, he has an NIL deal with a bike, a bike company, whatever, a bike shop. They need to get this done. The people need to watch out. It should be pretty obvious. If someone stole a seven-footer's bike, right? Well, right. And here's the thing, too. I keep getting people nonstop that are saying, Mike, you're clearly the one that stole Dylan Anderson's bike. No, I'm not the one that stole Dylan Anderson's bike. Now, I might put a tracking device on the bike. <laughs> I am not the one that is looking to steal Dylan Anderson's bike. I just know this. You are watching Dylan Anderson 24-7. And the minute you stop watching Dylan, his bike gets stolen. I don't think you did a good enough job. 
I know. I was going to say, Dylan, I do I do apologize. We need to put an angle bracelet on me next time for that. All right. Crevis. Mount Crevis. Montias Crevis. By the way, whoever came up with Mount Crevis, I like that name a great deal. Sheer, I take the international play with a grain of salt, but he looks absolutely fantastic right now. Um, you hyped Henry Vesar as a one and done. And Crevis is destroy Crevis destroyed a possible one and done in Henry Vesar last year. This is correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, I believe I, I posted a scouting report that people still refer to from a international scout that said Crevis made Vesar his daddy. Uh, Look at Sheer Jason Sheer international scout right there. I like it. Uh, he's good, man. Like the thing with him watching when I know it's international, like I know there it doesn't always carry over. Um, I've watched Adema Ball dropped uh, like 19 points today, by the way. <laughs> I have not given up on Adama Ball, by the way. I have not yeah. given up on him. I mean, he's played pretty well. I think he had like 16 the other night, or maybe I'm reversing it. But um, the thing that gets me is like if you watch highlights from him today, he's super smooth. He has a move where he beats a guy baseline off a spin move and dunks it. And I know that's big for you as guys. You don't think any European can dunk. Sure. Um, but, but you know, there's there's things like a head fake in the lane when a guy's trying to block his shot. He, he's got an advanced skill set. He is going to be good. Um, Arizona is much higher on Krebus and Morauskas than I think people think. By the way, where can I get a Mike Luke bobblehead? Those do not exist yet. But you know what? I would contact Jacob Franklin, our esteemed IT person behind the scenes, at Jacob for Franklin or Jacob underscore Franklin for one of the. Find out Jacob Franklin. He's the one that can put you in touch with possibly getting a Mike Luke bobblehead. By the way, Jacob, where are you? Jacob, hop in here for a second. Come on. All right. It looks like Jacob's just lounging right there. I like it. But Crevis, though, really, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see what he does, though, because. You can't play Crevis and Ballo at the same time unless you basically just want to, I mean, I guess maybe just bludgeon someone into submission, which would actually be kind of cool. But um, I don't see a ton of position flexibility there. Now, bigger question is, can we make this happen so that Dylan Anderson is the stretch four at this point? You've seen the videos of Dylan Anderson shooting, Sheer. Have we considered a lineup where Dylan plays the three? Like his dad envisioned. Like his dad envisioned Krevis at the four and Umar at the five. I mean, I don't know that that isn't a possibility. Do we know that that's not a possibility? I think when Tommy Lloyd has his next presser, that that's got to be, you know, the first question. And we're not talking a, a, a lengthy period of time. Right. And All right. Still at the two with Kashad Johnson at the three. By the way, true. By the way, what did you think? Mulebach, I thought, made an interesting point. And when I was asking Mulebach yesterday, I said – what about this year's team makes you think that they're going to be better than last year's team? And he said, Oh, it's quite simple. You have people that can dribble the ball. And he said, it's much, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough to say, but he said, and he used Jaden Bradley as an example. There was something like where Jaden Bradley, like a hundred and something, I can't even remember some astounding amount of his shot attempts were within like six feet of the basket or something like that. Kirk Reese never took a shot within six feet of the basket, nor did Courtney Ramey. So that of that obviously is going to be a little bit of a turn before we even get to Caleb Love or Kylan Boswell. Yeah. I mean, you have two point guards like Jaden Bradley is 100% a, a point guard. He started for Alabama until the shooting incident and all that distracted him. He can handle the ball. Uh, you know, you put him next to Kylan Boswell, Caleb Love, you get three ball handlers on the court at, at the same time. It, it is a big deal when you have a guy like Jaden Bradley who could get into the lane and draw defenders to make other guys' lives easier. 
know, Kirk Kreese, well, I'm not saying he couldn't dribble. He could clearly dribble. I think you could count on one hand the amount of times he drove into the lane. Right. <laughs> because he just, that just wasn't his game. Jaden Bradley is the opposite. He's trying to draw fouls and get to the rim. Um, you can debate what style you want and all that, but I think it'll make everything easier offensively for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and that's why I'm a big proponent of the smaller lineup right there and bringing the Swedish pinball off the bench. Swedish pinball, Pell Larson. By the way, Jacob Franklin, we can bring up this roster. By the way, Polly M is still not on there. I will get on this. But that's also why I am a big advocate, though, of the three-guard lineup right there because I like – I think it makes everybody's life so much easier, especially when you have somewhat of a limitation at power forward. If you've got Boswell – or excuse me, Bradley and Love, and then Pella Larson as well, obviously. But you have two guys or three that can make plays off the bounce. That is something we did not have at all last year. Yeah, I'm tired of your Pella Larson disrespect. My guy's going to average 10 and more than more points and more rebounds than he did last season. Our guy Jervis Williams said yesterday that he's going to be Christian Brown. Do you go this far? Not Christian Braun, Christian Brown. Uh, what the, but Christian Braun, he didn't average that much in, in college. Did it look the same to you? Hey, did he average that much in college? Sheer, that's not what I asked you. Did it look the same to you? It doesn't matter how it looks. He averaged right. 10 points and five rebounds on 44% shooting. What did he do in the national title game? I don't know. I don't remember. I think he played really well, actually. I could be wrong on that, but I think he played. Jesse Johnson, welcome in here. Uh, T-Bird said, Mike wanting Dylan at the three to push Philly B out. That is not true. No, no Philly at the one in that lineup. Dude, why can't we put Philly at the two? Well, because you would have Dylan at the two with Kashad. Oh, oh, we're putting Dylan in the backcourt, yeah, not even. Yeah. Why, why can't we have Kylan, Philly B, Dylan, Krivis, and Balo? I don't see the issue. Can you imagine that? That would be absolutely astounding right there. <laughs> the worst. It'd be weird. Kylan would just throw the ball at the rim, tell everyone to crash, and let's just see what happens. And just do, do, just do what we're going to do right here. Philly B will start next season, according to Mike Luke. I'm not going that far, but you know what? I would. If Philly B ever starts at the U of A, Jason Shearer and I will apologize. This is correct. 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 Yeah. You know, so. The Philly B Conrad. That's going to be a hot argument, dude. That is going to be a very, very hot debate. Now, let's look at the uh, let's look at how this team then matches up and throughout the rest of the conference right here. Um, I am definitely of the opinion now that there's this is a three team race in the conference. This is going to be Arizona, who, if I had to bet, I would pick Arizona to win the conference. Jason Shear, you actually have a vote. This is correct. Uh, no, I don't have a vote for basketball. They don't. It was rescinded. I have a I have a vote for. Uh... Do I? No, yeah, I do have a vote for basketball. I don't have a vote for football. That's what it is. I have a oh. vote for basketball. My bad. All right. Well, either way, I believe it's Arizona. I believe it's Arizona, Oregon, and uh, USC. Um, we're gonna get. We'll get to all those. I'll believe Colorado when I see it. I don't think that Tad Boyle is as bad a coach as uh, everybody else does. But Tad Boyle to me is the epitome of meh. Um, yeah, not, Colorado can't score enough to win the conference. They're not even in my consideration. Right, yeah, Colorado now, again, they have your guy. Uh, they obviously have Cody Williams, great, uh, the, the great Cody Williams, by the way, who did not play well in the FIBA U19, but nobody played well for that team. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. All right, all right. Um, UCLA, I think they've just lost too much, to be honest with you. 
And I think there's way too many question marks about this team. Yeah, I like UCLA. I, I think it's tough for international players to come in and play the defense and the style that Cronin's going to want. Uh, they're clearly, they've got individual talent. I'm not as high on their backcourt as you are. They're one of these teams where if things go you hate wrong, You think Dylan Andrews sucks, correct? I'm not a big fan of him, yeah. I, it, to me, there's, it, it's one of these teams where if things go wrong, it could get really bad. But if things go right, they could be a, a, pretty, a pretty good team. All right, so we don't buy them. We don't buy Colorado. And the rest of the teams in the conference generally don't care about basketball. Um, to a certain extent, ASU does. But you got a president that really doesn't care about basketball and Michael Crow. I still can't get over that car- that comment by Crow where he said, what do you mean? It looks good enough to me. Yeah. Wells Fargo is not a – or is it still Wells Fargo? Uh, I don't know. It's the worst arena I've been in in the conference, though. I'm sure there's some that are worse. I've been Gill is pretty bad as well. I've been to Gill. It was awful. Oregon State fans out there. I haven't had any Oregon State fans hop in here yet. But let's talk now about how Arizona matches up with SC. You think Andy Enfield sucks. I don't. But we think from a coach or from a coaching's perspective, the Tommy Gun is better. Desert Financial Arena. Ugh, yuck. Um, thank you, Jacob Franklin. Um, but Jacob yelling at you there. That was big font and everything. Dude, look, do you, can you see Jacob? I saw the on the bottom. It's a desert financial. He was yelling dude, at check, you, basically. Dude, check this out. There he is. Oh my Jacob God, Franklin. Life. Jeez. Do you have a cat over your shoulder? Where are you? Oh, all right. I'm going to get yelled <laughs> at for that. But, um, so let's talk SC, though. SC to me is fascinating because you've got Isaiah Call or you've got Isaiah Collier at the point. He's a one and done, obviously. You got Boogie Ellis. I'll probably draw the ire of some Arizona fans right here, but to me, that's a better backcourt right now than Jaden Bradley and Kylan Boswell. Um it's close, man. Like it's- you'd rather have Isaiah Collier or would you rather have Kylan Boswell? I don't know. It's, I think it's close. I like right, Isaiah right. Collier. I've said this. He's not what people think he is. He's not. So he's a top five pick that's not what people think he is? Not a top five pick. Everybody has him as a top five pick. He can't. He, he has trouble scoring. You're going to see it in college. All right. So you don't like him. Now, Boogie Ellis or Jaden Bradley? I would take Boogie. All right. But then after that, it gets interesting because then you've got, obviously, you got Brawny. Um, you Rothstein has Rothstein has uh, Bronny coming off the bench. I saw that. I don't know that. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to get to the TJ McCon- McConnell trade here in a second. But uh, I don't know that I buy LeBron's kid coming off the bench. Um, I'll believe that one when I see it. Um, didn't was it Rothstein that also had Kylan Boswell coming off the bench? Yeah, I don't buy it. I think if Bronny's kid is at any school, he's starting. Yes, Can imagine, for sure. I just can't imagine having LeBron's kid come off the bench. That's not going to happen. But then up front, too, you got a lot to like. You've got DJ Rodman. You've got uh, uh, Joshua Morgan, um, our guy Vince the Prince, Kobe Johnson on the perimeter as well. There's a lot to like about that team, and I think you could ease, you could make the case that it might be his most talented team. Now I think a lot of people would probably take the when you got the two Mobley brothers, but it's a pretty talented team right there, Skier. Yeah, I, I think you have to say that he is I, – I think USC is a favorite roster-wise to, to win the conference. I think they'll get the most votes in the preseason poll, and the expectations are that Andy Enfield wins the conference, top two, if you want, and, and makes a decent run in the NCAA tournament. And that's what you're that's what you're expecting. Sure. I think if you have that talented of a roster, you should absolutely be able to do that. All right. Now, let's talk about real quick here 
shady rays. Now, you might look at Jason Shear and say, is it, is it possible to get any cooler than Jason Shear? Look at that guy right there. It's not. It's not cool possible. But the only way that you could possibly do this is with Shady Rays, just like Jacob Franklin. I'm sure Jacob Franklin has a pair of Shady Rays as well. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving up their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code word PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Not polarizing sunglasses polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by everyone um five of kind media is is bryce james any good i don't know that cheered uh what, what are you hearing i've seen him like five times i think he i think brawny is considerably better now they're way different players but brawny wasn't that good as like a sophomore either and then he kind of turned into a really good player um but I, I i i'm not a big bryce fan to be honest i don't i don't think he's very good Right. All right. Arizona, Oregon. This is where it gets fascinating because Kinsano just dropped another article. I'm going to try to read it. Yeah, try to read it while we get in. The, try to get Jordan read that. While we, it'll be worth the wait. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. That would actually work if there hadn't been about 40 of these articles over the past year. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit now about uh, Arizona and Oregon. Uh, Oregon, and again, um, Stat Freak's going to get mad at me about this. Oregon has the best big man in the com- in the conference. And Folly Dante is better than Umar Ballo, leader of men. Leader of men, be as it may, Sheer. Would you agree with this? Uh, yeah, I you know, I love Umar, but I think Dante's just different with the athleticism and all that. Right. But then it gets fascinating. You look at the you look at the rest of the front court right there with Arizona. You've got Keyshaw Johnson. You've also got um, all the players that we mentioned. Dylan Anderson. I'm going to make Dylan Anderson the first big off the bench, even though it's probably not going to happen. You've got Mount Crevis. You've got Vaser. And then over at Oregon, you've got higher-rated kids, but not maybe as many in Nate Biddle and in K.J. Evans. And the post positions, it's very interesting right there. I give a slight edge to Oregon, but not a uh, not a huge edge here. Yeah, I mean, it's – I like Oregon. It's just it, it's a matter of like how that roster is going to fit together. Like we've seen Dana Altman bring in a bunch of talent, right? And it just doesn't mesh. Like there's guys on their team that, as individuals, I think are pretty solid, but as a team, I just don't know how it's all going to fit together. Like Arizona, I really like how that roster fits together. Right. USC, even oh, wait a second. Even with Caleb Love. Yeah, I, I get it, right? USC, I think the roster fits well together. I question how they're going to score, but it fits well together when you go down the line. Oregon, I, I I don't know. Like, the upside is there, but the downside is definitely there as well. Okay, now, let's uh, – Jacob Franklin, you could have just hopped in here and asked this, but, yes, only Wink is left right there. Um, so – Let's look in the let's look in the backcourt then, because that's obviously that's been a big no. T Burns Altman is a Steve Lavin with a Final Four, dude. Get out of here. I, I will say this: if he doesn't win this year, I really wonder what he does. Yeah, you 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 uh, you don't take that besmirchment though, do you, Jason Shear? No, I'll take I'll take Dana. I'm not even a, as big of a Dana fan as you, but clearly better than Lavin. All right, now in the backcourt, it's fascinating then because. Will Richardson was good, but Will Richardson was also a weenie. Um, yeah. When you needed Will, when you needed Will Richardson to be good, Will Richardson generally was looking for someone else. Um, he's gone, obviously. Then you bring in Jackson Shellstad, somebody that twenty four seven has as a top twenty five point guard in the entire country. Jackson Shellstad, Kylan Boswell. I'm taking Kylan Boswell 
Big reason why is because he's got a year of uh, uh, maturity under his belt. I'm taking Kylan Boswell there, but I am intrigued by Jackson Shellstead. I think Shellstead's really good. True story, Arizona uh, probably had they not landed Kylan Boswell, there's a very good chance they would have been able to land Shellstead in, in that class. Even um, from uh, Peyton Pritchard's high school, huh? Yeah, they, they were very much in it. Murph did a great job there. Um, but, you know, I, I think Shellstead's really good. Uh, and and he, he went up the rankings high, kept going up the rankings. Uh, he, he's good. I, I, I like him. I would take Boswell, but it would not surprise me if Shellstead has a really good freshman season. Here's where I think, though, that Arizona has a big advantage, though. I have a much, I have a lot more faith, though, in the next three of, in whatever order you want to put it, of uh, Jaden Bradley, uh, Caleb Love, and Pella Larson, as opposed to Jermaine Kuznard, Cario Aquindo, your guy, and Mookie Cook. Yeah, I think Arizona has a big advantage there. Big. You know, I, I, Aquindo can't shoot. I know you love him. He's your favorite player. Mookie Cook, you don't really know what you're getting out of him and then uh who's the other one cuisine art cuisine art i like to call him yeah uh, he's still have a good game here or there but whatever he 80 against arizona and then the next game he dropped three he's capable you just don't know what you're gonna get from him you know who he looks you know who he's like he's like a bobby hurley type player one game i can get you 30 then you won't hear from me for three weeks after that but yeah. i like arizona now you are starting to warm a little bit this is true this is true you're starting to warm a little bit to Caleb Love. Yes, because when I had Tommy Lloyd explain it to me, <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I got where he was coming from. I, I really did. I, did I he say the that. exact same thing that I've been telling you for about four months? Yeah. His rationale is basically he thought that Arizona was really good without Love, but in order to win a title, you need players like Caleb Love. And I completely understand that, and it could go really poorly. But if you get one of these 30-point games in the tournament from Caleb Love uh, and you and you go on a run, you know, whenever we look at the tournament and who wins, a lot of times it's whatever team has the hottest player at the time. Not the best team. You know, UConn was the best team, but there's been plenty of years before where it's who's playing the best basketball. And if Caleb Love plays really well like he did for Carolina in the tournament, um, things happen. And, and I think that, like, last year Arizona didn't have that player – and then I've said this before, Arizona last year against Princeton had a bunch of dudes that looked like they didn't want to touch the basketball. Correct. Caleb Love will literally never look like that. Caleb Love wants the basketball, even if you don't want him to have the basketball. Yes. Would you say that? Yeah. All right, we're going to get to TJ McConnell here in just a second, by the way. But first, Wink. Check out drinkwink.com. And by Wink, it is W-Y-N-K and countdown drink to utilize their drink finder to locate a store near your year you you can order directly online wink only in the 2.5 milligram cans this is what's really cool about it this is a seltzer with thc involved in it jason Shear. and how high will you get just a wink get it Get it. oh it's so good that's so good balanced light and special check it out wink drinkwink.com um, right, guys, I have great news for you you're going to laugh at this this just came down the wire you ready the CW network has bought rights to 50 ACC football and basketball games through 2027 <laughs> the CW has got college athletics baby 
now and signs with the C dub, it won't be the first. But and I'll tell you what, it sounds like the C dub is probably taking the Pac 12's inventory before they even get started. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. It's Cincinnati on CW. Yep, exclusive broadcast rights to 50 ACC football and basketball games each season. Through Do you 20- think they're not even interested anymore in the Pac 12? I don't know. 28 men's, nine women's featured in December, January, and February. Double headers for basketball every Saturday, women's every Sunday. I like it. I like it. And it is just funny, though, that this happens with every other conference, these announcements, except the conference that we cover. Um, Oh, great question here. Five of Kind Media. Hey, Mike, I know it's off topic. Nothing's off topic on this part. But have you seen the campaign TJ McConnell trade? Interesting. I would love TJ McConnell. I think TJ McConnell in the desert would be all kinds of cool. It would give you a really good, steady backup point guard. I'm all for bringing him in, Cheer. Yeah, I mean – I, I'm not a big I, I I ride or die for TJ. Put him on any team in the league. And I'm and I'm I think that team is better. I'm not a big so, campaign guy. I'm not either. I don't I don't like I don't really like the name campaign just yeah. because it's campaign. But what does um, he do? He shoots threes, but other than that, like what does he do? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, I'm actually advocating, and again, this will be bad for me. I'm advocating getting rid of Aiton and bringing in uh, TJ McConnell, not in a straight up trade. But I do believe, though, that if you get rid of one of the A's, you got to bring in another A. Well, it'd be the eighth in whatever for McConnell and Miles Turner. Yeah, which I would do that trade every day of the week because, I first of all, here's my thing with Aiton. Aiton is obviously very, very good. I'm not saying he's not. But we're a pretty long way into this into his career now, and there's way too many times where it looks to me like he just doesn't care. That's what I can't really put up with as a fan. I don't care if there's been promises. I don't care what the deal has. If I'm watching you in the playoffs and it looks like you don't want to be there, then I got to get rid of you. It's just that simple. And the thing is, it's been like that since high school. You know, we right. I used to watch him in high school, and, and we thought it was him being bored because he was just so much better. And you're like, he'll go to college. And we saw in college there were games where it was disgusting. I mean, like some of the best performances you've seen. And then the next game is like, you didn't even want to be playing basketball. You know what the microcosm for Aiton was to me was that Oregon game after all the nonsense reports came out. That first half, he looked like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And then in the second half, it was like, he looked like me. Yeah, I mean, when DeAndre Ayton plays hard for every minute of him, that's what, like, he would literally be one of the best NBA players of all time. Correct. I'm not talking like top 10. I'm talking top whatever, but he's, I mean, he is that good. Like, I've seen some of the best individual performances in high school, whatever I saw, was from DeAndre Ayton. And then you'd go and watch him again, and it was like, eh. Like, yeah. what, are we, what are we doing here? Was it like when you first uh, got your first glimpse of Cody Williams up close? Yo, you are, admit this for the people, after his USA performance, you're a little, you're a little nervous. I'm not nervous at all. I love that one. one. College coach benched him. I won. Sure, I already won that bet. No, you didn't. Of course I did. Guys, Mike's argument is you offer a guy even if he sucks. No, I we came here's how I won. We both watched Cody Williams and your company sided with me as well, 24-7 sports. They watched Cody Williams as well, and they came away saying that's a top five player. I came away saying that Tommy Gunn would offer him. You would say, I don't know, you got to see more. If Cody Williams is not good in college. I win over you 
and I went over Tommy Lloyd. I went over 24-7 on three rivals. I win. We need we need uh, we need Bruce to ask this question. If he if what he thinks about Cody Williams and if he regrets the way the recruitment was handled. You think Bruce would ask that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I can say when Arizona plays Colorado, I think Bruce will ask that. It won't oh, be just like that, but it'll be pretty damn similar. By the way, just so everybody out there knows, we're trying. Everybody's been asking about the uh, the, the Dylan Anderson bike. We have Bruce. Uh, we've had Bruce. We've texted Bruce, and we told him, you should probably ask about the bike at some point there. So Bruce Pascoe was on this. It just depends on how far Bruce wants to take it. I'm trying to get Netflix on the new season of Unsolved Mysteries to open up with Dylan Anderson's bike. Wait a second. Is it, when is is there a new net? It, it, no, you were you were just saying. Was the second season good? I never watched it. Nah, the second season wasn't nearly as good. Plus, I didn't like the U. I don't like the UFO ones. Those do nothing. That episode for me. was the dude in the hotel. Oh, where he falls off the top. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. That one was great, too, and I love, too, about how the friend who just all of a sudden would not talk with him or anybody in the media. Could you be any more guilty right there? Plus, that that hotel that hotel was a kick-ass hotel. It was in, like, Baltimore? Yeah. We should say I that. I like it. All right, Cher. We're going to sign off here. We done, we've done yeoman's work, me more so than you. But at the same time. At the same time, where can they find Jason Shear? What kind of hot flash deals do you have going on or whatever you call them? Hot flash. Uh, <laughs> is that what you call Wildcatauthority.com, 60% off. This is the last day. Um, I'm also uh, at Jason Shear on Twitter. Shelby and I have a podcast, Wildcat Scoop Podcast. And, Mike, I'm going to a Don Tolliver concert tonight. Are you really? Yeah, with Aurora. Me and Aurora, Don Tolliver. By, by the way, Sheer, we need you We need you to step in right here. Brad Rich, this is slander at its highest level. Nobody is asking about that damn bike. That is not true. Are you kidding me right now? Uh, this bike. Th- this <laughs> What? I, <laughs> I do like your bike. <laughs> That's all the people are talking about. Brad Rich, come on. We've already taken you to task for having two first names. I, by the way, GK, you know who else has two first names? And I just realized this. And I don't know how I didn't just realize this. Who? Jacob Franklin. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Jervis Williams right here. Jervis, we appreciate you, buddy. Um, we, we gave Jervis a shout out earlier, by the way, with the Christian Brown comparison right there. Sheer likes it, Jervis. So we're going to go with that. But he says, I am asking. I am invested in this story. Everybody is invested in the Dylan Anderson story. Um, we need to get a, I don't know how a GoFundMe would work. Now, you know what? We, we, this needs to be grassroots, not GoFundMe. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we got this. We're going to the streets, the people. Okay. All right. We got, I got to run here, but we will talk with you tomorrow. We got Travis Branham, lead 24 seven analyst, the best recruiting site going only your one-stop shop, 24 seven sports. I'm your host, Mike Luke, PHNX Wildcats, your one-stop shop, because you can get Jason Shear amongst many others here for Shear. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.